here talking with Carol Holmberg today. A um, little bit about Carol. She is uh, the current uh, manager of the Settlemeyer Planetarium uh, with the York County Museum. She's been working with them since 2013. Um, Carol, uh, going back to her education, she graduated from Rensselaer. Did I say that right? Yes, Rensselaer Polytechnic <laughs> Institute. Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, and that's in Troy, New York, and you got your BS in physics in 1984. Um, then you went on to attend uh, University of Minnesota, where you worked on your PhD in astronomy. Um, didn't finish that, but you were there for three years. That's a pretty good chunk of time to be working on that. I was, uh, you were the director of physical science at the Museum of Arts and Science in Mason, Georgia for 10 years. So you ran their planetarium, designed science exhibits, and then you spent 11 years as planetarium director at the Clues Nature Center and planetarium in Fort Myers, Florida. That's quite a record <laughs> behind you. So York County Museum is very lucky to have you, it sounds like, and it sounds like you'll have a lot of good information to share with us. Yeah, and I'm very lucky to be here. It's a wonderful place with wonderful management, and I don't say that just to say that. It's really true. Yeah, well, they are lucky to have you. So, Carol, I'm excited to be talking to you today. Um, want to get some um, feedback from you. What are some of the biggest headlines in the astronomy world right now? There's a lot of exciting stuff going on. Can you tell it, us a little about that? It, yeah, it does all seem to have to do with technology. Uh, SpaceX is launching uh, first Americans in almost a decade from American soil to the International Space Station. And uh, we are planning to get humans back to the moon in 2024. And there's a mission that's launching to Mars this summer. So wonderful headlines in that direction. Yeah, big stuff. And the um, launch, the crewed mission to uh, the moon. Uh, that's gonna. The plan is the first woman on the moon. Is that right? The Artem That's why they're naming it the Artemis program. Well, I don't know exactly why they're calling it the Artemis program. Artemis was the sister of Apollo, so it kind of makes sense in any capacity. But yeah. yes, they are planning the first woman. So that's exciting too. It is. A representation in science. <laughs> that's awesome. So this is um, this is a SpaceX uh, spacecraft that's uh, they're contracting with NASA. Um, tell us a little bit about um, some other stuff that SpaceX is, is involved with. Well, SpaceX uh, and Elon Musk, he, he actually launched a Tesla into space, but they are known uh, other than this uh, Falcon 9 uh, mission resupplies to the International Space Station. They also um, are involved with this uh, Starlink. Uh, Elon Musk would like to have internet available for free to everyone and to do that he is putting what they call a constellation of artificial satellites a whole bunch of them thousands of them up in space yeah yeah it sounds great right internet for everybody everywhere <laughs> i guess he's uh that's going to reach a lot of places right now that are pretty remote and not don't have access to that 
Are there any issues with that in the astronomy world as far as concerns? Um, I well, yeah, people are really concerned about um, the satellites themselves and having a bunch of them uh, ruining people's views mm -hmm. um, and kind of interfering with them taking long exposure photographs as, as they often do. I do know that the next uh, launch is supposed to have sunshades on the satellites because the satellites don't shine with their own light, they reflect sunlight back down to Earth. And so if they have sunshades, um, they wouldn't be as bright or and might not be visible. So that's oh, wow. the hope. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So, so um, can you tell us, are there any things um, in the uh, June and July night sky that people might be looking for that would be more visible these next couple months? Um, Mercury is now in evening skies. A lot of people have never seen Mercury and it is getting higher with the highest state being the 4th. So if you go out and look to the northwest just after sunrise, sorry, it's just after sunset, mm -hmm. about the 15, 20 degrees up, hopefully one of the bright things that you'll see is the planet Mercury. Um, Jupiter and Saturn both rise about 11.30 midnight right now, and they will be rising earlier and earlier, and they are about that far apart right now and are getting closer and closer together. They'll uh, reach a conjunction in December, but they, they're, they're brightening up as they get uh, in opposition closest to the Earth in July, so they'll be really bright um, and uh, getting closer together. Oh, very cool. So you can kind of watch that over time. That's neat. Yeah, and Mars also, we're sending a mission to Mars. Uh, launch window opens July 17th, and Mars is close right now. We'll be at its closest in October, so it also is brightening. Awesome. Very cool. What are um, what are we hoping to do with that launch to Mars? Um, it is called Perseverance, and it's a sample return mission, or it's a preparation for sample returns. It will find some rocks and, and cache them and keep them on Mars for a future mission to bring back to Earth and oh, hopefully wow. learn a little bit about planning for humans someday. They've yeah. got an oxygen processor on there and they're going to investigate that. Wow, very cool. A lot of cool stuff coming up. So um, I have heard that with, uh, I guess, businesses kind of shutting shutting down during this time and things getting a little bit um, quieter in that way. Not quite as many lights, I guess. Uh, not quite as many places open that maybe that's affecting um, light pollution in a good way and that maybe that's making things a little bit more visible at night for people. Stargazing, have you noticed that or do you think there's anything to that? I have not noticed anything, but I live in a residential neighborhood and people mm -hmm. use the same amount of lights. But mm -hmm. I bet if you were in a big city that mm -hmm. or a place with a lot of smokestacks or smog, you should be able to sit there. Yeah. Do you think there are any, um, are there any areas in York County you would recommend for people to go to if they're interested in? Um, getting a clearer view of the sky? Western York County, on the mm -hmm. far side of York, tends really good. Um, I know that in McConnell's, you can actually see the Milky Way as you can from west of York. Wow. Um, so that would be a good start. Cool. 
Awesome. Um, do you have any tips for people who are going out and stargazing as far as how to identify what they're looking at or how to kind of get their bearings? <laughs> I know sometimes I've, I've made attempts and I just don't even know what I'm looking at. Well, the first thing is actually to go out and make an attempt. You know, yeah. you just need to be out there. And what I always do is learn a few things first and then star hop and then find my way from those to other things. In the, in the winter and early spring, it was Orion. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Big Dipper is really high. And you can take the handle of the Big Dipper to arc to Arcturus and speed on to Spica. Just below the Big Dipper to south is Leo the Lion. And if you take the two pointer stars of the Big Dipper, you can find Polaris. And just, you know, start with what you know and work your way around from them. And that seems to be the handiest for me. You had mentioned to me in an email about apps. There are apps that you can point your phone at something. Um, there is, I don't typically, I don't myself use them, but I know lots of people that do. There's um, Sky Safari, one word, where you can say find Jupiter and it will find Jupiter for you using yeah. your GPS. I, and I that guess that's cool. There's, I guess there's something a little more romantic about finding it on your own or cool about finding it on your own, but it's neat that there are apps out there too. I guess I'm old school. <laughs> right, right. I'm kind of with you there. I, but so it, you find a reference point and then it kind of creates a map for you. Yeah, it does. That's awesome. So, I, I tell people there's 88 constellations and I don't know them all, but I try and learn a new one each year. So by the time I'm 88, I will indeed know them all. Sure you will. How many do you know at this point? I think we I'm guessing around 56 or so, um, but impressive. I do try and learn a new one. Do you have a favorite constellation? Um, you know, when I give planetarium shows for every season, in each sky, I always just tell them that there's, my favorite constellation is this or that. So I guess my favorite constellation changes um, seasonally. Do you have a favorite? I know you tell a lot of the um, kind of mythical stories around constellations. Do you have a favorite one of those to share? Well, you know, I like to tell the same ones over and over again. They're they're new to the audience, but they're they're old for me. Um, I kind of like the one of Pegasus, the the horse, and I will show the great square that marks Pegasus and point out Alpharat, which uh, is a, a Arabic for navel or belly button, and tell them that only the front half of the horse is ever drawn and ask them why the whole horse isn't there and say that when Pegasus was originally put up in the sky, the entire horse was there, but then something happened, the back half of the horse, it fell off and it fell down to earth and created the first politic. <laughs> um, and I uh, also show how to find the Big Dipper from Cassiopeia and show the, yeah. the W for Cassiopeia and go inside of it. And I say the first star that you come to is not very bright. It's the head of Cassiopeia's uh, husband. But, um, <laughs> but um, considering who he married, that shouldn't come as much of a surprise. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Those are some good ones. Um, so t can you tell us about um, what, uh, I guess, what got you into astronomy or kind of the, 
the path you took? What what got you started? Um, you started study with physics. So was your interest, um, I, I guess, how did that interest evolve for you? Well, I was actually already interested in astronomy. Um, I was in astronomy club, I remember, in seventh, eighth grade. Um, I decided to major in physics because I wrote to the American Astronomical Society and said, how do I get started in astronomy? And they advised me to go to college for physics. They said that astronomy is so specialized mm -hmm. um, and it's basically a specialization of physics that if yeah. I majored in physics, I would have a much better career chance. So that is what I did. I majored in physics to help my astronomy. Um, I just remember in seventh grade uh, telling my uh, faculty advisor that uh, I wanted to know more about the big picture. And if I understood how the universe worked, uh, all the details would take care of themselves. Wow, that's a lot of insight for a 12-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't that's quite work amazing. out that way. I, I, I understand a lot about the universe, but the details did not take care of themselves. <laughs> well, I think you were miles ahead with that. So. You uh, went on to do physics and then uh, pursue your um, PhD. What kind of research were you interested in? Um, theoretical. Mm -hmm. I was uh, interested in theoretical astrophysics. I took a course in cosmology, but found out that I was not meant for cosmology. Way mm -hmm. too much math and, and too much uh, four-dimensional thinking. Um, yeah. And then the research that I did was in red uh, supergiants. Uh, they call them hypergiants, uh, the yeah. most, uh, largest of stars in wow. coldest. Yeah. So, um, do you have, has your, has, have your interests kind of, uh, I don't know, changed through the years? Uh, have your focuses and research and, and what's, you know, interests in the field kind of changed through the years? So you've had a, a really full career um, here, so. Yeah. Um, no longer theoretical and research-based, uh, you know, I just talk about the same things with uh, new students all the time and try and keep up with uh, NASA and what's happening, you know, with the space race out yeah. there. Yeah. And I really think enthusiasm is my greatest strength. I agree. I think you have a huge amount of knowledge and enthusiasm. Um, so you work with a wide range of ages at the museum, pretty much every age kids to adults um i guess do you what what are some of the um challenges and rewards of teaching such a diverse group of people and uh, what's your what are your favorite aspects of it i you know i taught college for a little while and i just love the um spontaneity the having new people all the time and kids are your best audience ever they're they're also very enthusiastic no matter what you tell them um so i i love that the the spontaneity and that fresh and knowing that there's a new audience you have to not act like you've shown the same thing hundreds of times before yeah um and you know there's always something new to learn which is is really nice i, I try and do a lot of the webinars now that we're in quarantine and the professional development and i i love learning new things yeah yeah that's awesome have you have you ever had um any interactions with any visitors at the museum that stand out to you 
sometimes people ask me to find a constellation for them mm -hmm. and usually i can but there was the one 10 year old who asked for the constellation of lynx and when lynx was named the um originator said he named it that because you had to have the eyes of a lynx to see it. Mm -hmm. I, I also had somebody who wanted to see Scutum because they had, someone had bought a, a star um, for their dead wife um, mm -hmm. to name in Scutum. And in those things, they're, they're always so faint, you can't see them. And I, I had no idea I could point where Scutum kind of was, yeah. but that was very uh, disappointing me. And we've mm -hmm. also had people that have brought the rocks that they think are meteorites sometimes they never to be but there are some people that are it's difficult for them to um to let it go mm, their yeah. father said he saw it fall and their, the father was a religious man and would not make anything up and that's what it has to be yeah and, yeah <sighs> well i i am interested in what you have been doing during this quarantine as far as um, work that or work that the museum is doing during the quarantine. I know they're putting, um, York County Museum is um, working on some webinars and uh, ways to reach out to the public virtually. Um, and you can find out all that information on our Facebook page. Our um, Facebook uh, person is awesome and she puts stuff out almost every day um educational stuff and and soon she'll be doing the the summer summer programming which may be virtual but we've also got yes virtual um symposia and and also awesome awesome are there any resources that you would direct people to if they're interested in um keeping up with what's what's going on in the astronomy world and possibly maybe just learning a little bit more during this time when we all have a little more time on our hands. There are so many resources out there. It, it's, um, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, NASA is always really good. They have their NASA at home and it's a good source for what is, is going on um, as far as the space program is, is concerned. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a really good resource. And, um, you know, th there are other museums that have a whole bunch of stuff, uh, activities and stuff. Um, for people to do at home as well. Yeah, awesome. So certainly a, a, a lot out there um, if you know where to look. No shortage of information on the universe. <laughs> Maybe there an overwhelming is, amount. <laughs> this is true. Just but. do a Google search and um, there should be a ton of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Carol, thank you for taking a little bit of your time today to sit down and talk. We enjoy it and we look forward to seeing you again when the museum is back up and, and open to the public. Yeah, you've been an awesome volunteer and I'm sorry that uh, we haven't been able to use you lately. And the planetarium, you know, being a theater has got it's got a lot of issues so yeah. we want, want more open until it's safe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we're 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 glad about that. Um, yeah. Thank you, Carol. Thank you for, for sitting down and talking. Thank you, Lee. Okay, we'll hope to see you soon.